0: Hello, Marvelites. You're listening to This Week in Marvel episode number 573, and I'm Ryan Panago, aka Agent M.
1: And I'm Agent of Halloween, Lorraine Sink. Hey!
0: Yeah, and we're both sick. Hooray!
1: There's nothing spookier than the good old October cold.
0: But we push on, Lorraine. Did you put out all your, your Halloween decorations already?
1: I sure did. We put up the last of our our decor. So we have our 12-foot skeleton, Bonesworth, and then we have two other skeletons. We put one on our mailbox and he's like greeting people who drive by. And then we have the other one who is climbing our electrical pole. He's mischievous, getting into trouble. And then I also put out my chicken wire ghost. That I made last year, Mm. and we're trying to figure out how to light her better this year. So I'm waiting to get a new light and a new cable so I can have her appropriately lit. Because when you light her at night, you know, because she's made of chicken wire, she looks kind of like she's got long flowing hair and a dress situation. So she looks extra spoopy.
0: Yeah, we are definitely in the Halloween mood, but of course this week we've got some fun stuff. Our guest on the show is Lanny Smith, a former NBA player and founder of Actively Black, which has a clothing line inspired by Marvel Studios' Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and we had a great conversation with him. Very, very cool. Looking forward for everybody to hear that as we get along.
1: Yeah, and you know we gotta do it because we're the official Marvel podcast where we talk about everything that's happening this week in Marvel, whether it's games, comics, movies, television, or just like whatever we're excited about. And obviously we are excited about a lot of things. Producer Isabel Robertson is very excited about Taylor Swift's album (laughs) this week. But first and foremost, we got to talk about a premieres on the horizon, Marvel Studios, Mm -hmm. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Has announced the Red Carpet World premiere live from Hollywood, which is coming this Wednesday, October 26th at 5.15 p.m. Pacific, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time at Marvel.com slash Wakanda Forever premiere or on Marvel's other social channels, including Marvel's YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Twitch. Very excited for it. The Marvel digital team is hard at work. I also have been hard at work on the premiere, working with the team to help write some of those questions for the cast and all that kind of jazz it takes the village that's for sure so definitely go check it out support the team and i'm sure it's going to be really awesome and of course if you haven't already go get your tickets before marvel studios black panther wakanda forever comes only to theaters on november 11th which is now so soon it's just a couple of weeks away at
0: this point my gosh fall is going way too quickly i know we also want to say thank you to everyone who entered our This Week in Marvel exclusive sweepstakes for Marvel Studios Thor Love and Thunder Blu-ray. Everybody who entered was hoping to win a copy of Marvel Studios Thor Love and Thunder, and winners will be chosen soon. We've got Gore the God Butcher himself going through all the entries. Yep, he's like, <laughs> Ugh. This one no. This one no. This one yes. I don't know that's not, I don't know why that's my gore the god butcher impression. <laughs>
1: wow, it's uncanny, just like the <laughs> film. Speaking of films, <laughs> Spider-Man: No Way Home the extended version featuring over 11 minutes of new content including more of all three Spideys and an all new post-credit scene including Midtown High's Betty Brant is now available on digital Go Pick it up if you haven't already. Now is the time.
0: Maybe my favorite thing to talk about this week is Marvel Snap because the game is now available widely for everyone. I actually put it on another phone this morning and I booted it up. I had synced my account and I just went into a match and I made them retreat. Before it was over, so I felt real good. I'm here to smoke some noobs, uh, but it's so good, so much fun. Marvel Snap is a super fast card battle or mobile game, super duper fun. Honestly, you can play a match in like two to three minutes, and it's, it's one of those
1: so fun. It's just so easy to like sit down and just be like, and just yeah. play it for so long, and you're like, oh, oh <laughs> I've yeah. been playing for a long time. But it's just, it's really delightful and easy and. And fun, because, like, you get to build your deck and have your little strategies and the ways that you like to play. It
0: rules. The great part about it, too, is, like, you feel awesome when you win. It's it's ex- exciting and fun. But when you lose, it's not that big of a deal. Because you could just zoom right into another game. It's real quick. Mm-hmm. So it, you don't have that, like, because I've lost strings of games, you know, like five, six in a row. where I was just like, what? And I was like, well, I'll just change up my tactics. And then boom, boom, boom. I'm, I'm doing all right.
1: So in the game, there are over 150 characters and new ones are going to be added monthly as they go into the official release. And there are 50 plus locations, which can help to make the match feel different. When you go into a match, there are three locations on the board and each location has different things about it. Sometimes it'll give your character more powers and sometimes it'll take it away. You don't know what it is until you actually get into the match. And they're adding new locations monthly, which is awesome.
0: The name comes from this fun snap mechanic where... You can sort of say snap, and so it makes it like, if you're feeling really good, you can snap, and then your opponent might be like, ooh, I don't know if I should go any further. I'm going to retreat, like most people do when they face Agent M. That's fine. That's the way okay. it goes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> like, when when people come up to me, and they're like, oh, no, it's Ryan, and then they yep. run away and cry. Yep. I I've,
0: I did have one or two people hit me up on Twitter during the beta being like, is this you? Because it says Agent M, and it's a picture of Forge. Which was, I am not changing from Forge unless they put a Modoc avatar in there for me. (laughs) Forge looking so good with that mustache. Anyway, there's some really great art throughout it. They sort of looked at different eras and covers and pieces of art and really mimic them. So there's like Carnage that looks like Mark Bagley art. There's some Dan Hip art in there, I believe. There's some Scotty Young style art in there. There's lots of 90s and and 2000s and painted art and just a bunch of really great looks throughout the entire selection of cards.
1: Yeah, and they're going to keep going with this. You know, there are monthly seasonal updates, so definitely follow them over on social media at Marvel Snap. And you can look for updates on their website.
0: I got to at New York Comic Con talk to the main brain behind the game. He's also the chief creative officer of the the games developer Second Dinner. His name is Ben Broad, and he helped make that game Hearthstone such a huge oh, yeah. sensation. Which was, mm-hmm. I played that for a little bit. I was like, this is this is dangerous for me. <laughs> He was funny and he's very excited about the game, the community, Marvel, everything. He was he was a blast. And right now in Marvel Snap, there's a symbiote invasion going on with new art for a bunch of cards. Like there's a great Spider-Woman card update in there, some Carnage stuff. They added a new Miles Morales Spider-Man card. There's some new Alts and and much, much more. So it's really cool. And Lorraine, did you get to see the Samuel L. Jackson video that I have released? not. There's a great promo video for Marvel Snap, in which Samuel Jackson reprises his role as Nick Fury, teasing the game and and releasing the game, and it's delightful.
1: Of course, go download the game now, go enjoy it, play it, love it. Also in games, Arcade is coming to Marvel Puzzle Quest. He is now in the Puzzle Quest in two versions. One, there is Arcade, King of Pawn. PWN, who is a three-star rarity character, of course, Arcade being the villain who's the master of murder world. He loves to take, like, children and heroes and whoever to murder places to murder each other for funsies. That's his vibe. Tell me where I'm wrong. There's also a five-star rarity version of Arcade, Edward Arca, also being the bad boy that he is. Pick up both versions over on Marvel Puzzle Quest.
0: Puzzle Quest celebrating nine years right now. Lots of fun stuff going on over there. Let's shift gears, talk about comics, because we put out a nice press release for Miles Morales' Spider-Man, which is a new series, and that comes to us December 7th. Written by our pal Cody Ziegler. Art by Federico Vicentini. I'm very excited by this. Cody and Federico were both at New York Comic Con. It was Cody's first New York Comic Con. First comic convention. And Really? I was like, yeah, I know. I was like, what? You are a writer on Marvel Studios She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. You've been writing comics for us for a while. You're a big old nerd. This is your first comic convention? And he's like, yep. And he's like, I'm going to buy all the Gundams. It's really dangerous. <laughs> uh, but... In this new Miles Morales series, there's going to be a new foe named Rabble.
1: Does he steal hamburgers? And he goes, Rabble, Rabble. Oh, I
0: wish. I wish. Do we have the rights for the Hamburglar, <laughs> for the Fry Guys, for Grimace, for all those I characters? Wish.
1: I really wish.
0: Rabble is a tech genius who will use an army of drones and deadly never-before-seen gadgetry to upgrade Miles Rogues Gallery like never before. So this is cool. They're going to do some new stuff with it. I mean, the last run of Miles Miles, Morales Spider-Man by Saladin Ahmed and and all the creators was so good and included and introduced and really developed a whole bunch of stuff for Miles. So we're getting to pivot and get a new villain, trying to go after all of Miles' friends, his family, and then... Part of that is seeing what Rabble's like hatred for Miles is all about. Why is she so angry at Miles? Well, you got to read the book. You're going to get your first hints in issue number one. And then in number two, we're really going to see a lot of what Rabble's bringing to the table. So make sure you put Miles Morales' Spider-Man on your pull list for whatever comic shop you go to. Or if you are checking it out digitally, make sure you buy it December 7th.
1: And while we're talking Spider Peeps, The Deadly Neighborhood Spider Man number one is now available, written by Jimmy Gomez, aka Taboo from the Black Eyed Peas, with B. Earl and art by Juan Ferreira. So excited for this. And also, Taboo is such a fan. Um, you might remember he did a Werewolf by Night book not so long ago. I love him coming back with the Halloween favorites. And this is a revolutionary dark take on Spider Man. You know, it's kind of asking, like, what is reality and what's a dream and what's a science and what's a magic? <laughs> and um, at the intersection of all of that is sort of where Deadly Neighborhood Spider-Man lives. Peter Parker goes to Los Angeles and what he finds there is not Los Angeles, let's just say, it, as in the angels. Not so much. Uh, but the demons are waiting for Peter. So that should be really fun. And maybe some X fans in particular might enjoy what's going on we'll see. Perfect for the season. So go check it out. And you can see a trailer about the book to learn more over on marvel.com.
0: It's real weird. It's super creepy. Some of the most beautiful art in any comic that we have right now Definitely, definitely go check that out. Speaking of great art, great stories, Demon Days Down in Flames number one is coming to us in February of 2023, and it is written and drawn by Peach Momoko. This continues her Demon Days saga, and in this one, Phoenix versus magic in this really amazing universe that Peach is creating. It's It's got all kinds of cool spirits and creatures called yokai. She's riffing on Marvel Universe, Marvel characters, and sort of bringing in a bunch of Japanese folklore and monsters into it and creating this just incredible mashup she's been a stormbreaker and she's been one of the like most visionary creators of our current like era in comics and she's getting them flowers right now and it's great
1: heck yeah definitely go check that out in february also some fun stuff to check out some new marvel legends from hasbro are on the horizon if you want a roadie to go with your mulleted retro 90s Iron Man. Hasbro has revealed a War Machine figure that looks super red. It's up for pre-order now. And there's also a reissue of the Moon Knight figure. So if you missed him, go pre-order him now so you don't miss him. You can find those and more over on HasbroPulse.com. And next week, October 27th, Hasbro Pulse is doing a stream teasing some new reveals, some pre-orders, and some cool stuff. So you'll be able to see more on that over on the Hasbro Pulse YouTube channel.
0: All right, on to the pod section of the show, because we have a whole bunch of other podcasts to make sure you are all informed about, including Marvel's Pull podcast, the other show I co-host, where we talk about all the latest Marvel comics that come out, gives a little bit of previews, tell you why you should be excited for different books this week. Our picks for the week are Defenders Beyond, number four, Miracle Man by Gaiman and Buckingham, The Silver Age, number one, and Star Wars, Darth Vader, number 28. Star Wars, Darth Vader... Continues to be just such a amazing title. Greg Pock. Greg has been so good for 15, 16 years at Marvel and continues to like this Darth Vader series. I'm flabbergasted by how much I love it. I love it, love it, love it. And oh, Miracle Man. I'm so angry I don't have all the issues yet, but it's so good. It's so good. And Defenders Beyond is. Perfection. It's literally the perfect comic book for me. It's so weird and meta. I love it. Anyway, also our reading club where we dive into a book on Marvel Unlimited. This week we are continuing our spooky month theme with X-Men comics editor Jordan D. White to talk about Night of the Living Deadpool, which is a Deadpool zombie series. And we get a lot of cool behind-the-scenes info and a lot of, lot of details. And Also, I talked to him about Sugar Man and asked him to bring Sugar Man back into the Kirkoan era. And he was like, no, he's dead. He's from a different universe. I said, I don't care. Give us our big weird boy. Give us what the people want. If you want to listen to Marvel's Pull His podcast, you can find it on SiriusXM, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Yeah, do it. Also, while you're listening to a podcast, check out Marvel's Wastelanders Doom. It is, of course, the latest installment of the multi part audio epic scripted podcast Marvel's Wastelanders from Marvel Entertainment and Sirius XM. And this week is Chapter 7 King of the Negative Zone, which is now available to subscribers of Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts and the Sirius XM app. And this week's episode is about how Doom discovers he is not the only one to enter the Negative Zone in search of the Cosmic Cube. Valeria makes a difficult sacrifice and heads west. And in fact, let's listen to a teaser right now. The birds have a strange sound. It's as if they're speaking backwards. Inversion. The birds, the foxes, the way the wind blows, everything is in reverse in this part of the negative zone. Come. Huh. our time is dwindling. The longer we are here, the more our brains will rot.
0: Quiet. I detect a large organism behind the brush, one hundred and (gasps) thirteen (gasps) feet (laughs) away.
2: My senses indicate a large figure twenty-three feet away in the bushes.
1: Another creature. We can handle this one on our own. I've been called worse than creature. Wilson Fisk, the kingpin. It's been quite some time. What would you give for the Cosmic Cube? As I mentioned chapters one through seven are now available to subscribers to the Sirius XM app and Marvel Podcast Unlimited on Apple Podcasts. And then chapters one through six are available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to Marvel Podcast Unlimited for exclusive bonus content and to hear episodes one week early. And they recently added a Beyond the Scenes with writers Mark Wade and James Kim and director Jade King Carroll. Go check it out.
0: All right. Let's get into our interview this week, because as we mentioned earlier, we have on Lanny Smith, who is a former NBA player turned founder of Actively Black, which is an athleisure wear brand that is built to uplift and reinvest back into the Black community. We talked to him about developing that, why it's important, and all the, the great work he's been doing around Actively Black. And they actually have a brand new collection celebrating Marvel Studios' Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And then you can go to activelyblack.com. To check out more about that, but uh, we're going to talk to Lanny about his love of Marvel and so much more right now.
2: Hello, Lanny. Hey, Ryan. How you doing? Lorraine, how you doing? Thanks for having me.
1: Good. All the better now that you're here.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to be talking plenty of
0: Wakanda and some really good stuff, some activism, some really cool things that we want to share with everyone on this week in Marvel. We gotta start with Lanny. What is your Marvel origin story? how did you first connect to the Marvel characters?
2: Yeah, I think it was um, I think it was Iron Man. You know, Iron Man was my first kind of real introduction into the MCU. I can't say that I was ever really big on, you know, the comics or anything like that, but I'm a tech geek. I love tech. You know, when I first saw Iron Man, I felt like it spoke to me. You know what I mean? Everything about Iron Man was something that intrigued me. Iron Man was was definitely my introduction.
1: Gotta love Iron Man. Do you have a a list of all-time favorite Marvel characters or any folks beyond Iron Man that you feel drawn to?
2: Yeah, I would say it started with Tony Stark, but um, since the first Black Panther movie, obviously, you know, T'Challa and Black Panther has become my all-time favorite. I mean, that's my all-time favorite movie of all time. But I would go T'Challa, Tony Stark. I love what they've done with, with Spider-Man. I love the Miles Morales. Uh, storyline, you know, and I think part of that is just because of the representation, you know what I mean? Being able to see somebody, a character that looks like me was something that even as an adult, it had an impact on me. And then now seeing like my nephews, they are obsessed with Miles Morales. They're obsessed with T'Challa. And I think that's just kind of a testament to them being able to look at the screen, look at the movie and see somebody that actually looks like them. You know, with Miles Morales, it was like, yo, he's got his hair looks like mine. You know what I mean? It's just those things kind of made it more personal. And yeah, I I would say those are those are my top three right now. How old are your nephews? They are eight and five. Eight and five.
0: My daughter, she just turned three Friday and she's she's a uh, a little black girl. And so I'm very conscious more than I was before, honestly, of thinking about the stories we read, the shows we watch, the the characters that I can make sure she gets to see. And like we're at a good place. like i, I she's she's a little young to watch the Marvel Studios Black Panther films. But when she's ready, She's got Shuri in there, she's got Akoye, she's got all these yeah. amazing female characters. And and you know, you go beyond that. We've got like Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur and all these things. So that idea of representation, especially as we're looking at our next generation, the, the kids yeah. who were around, man, it means so much. It's so incredible.
2: No, it's 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 everything. And and I think um I don't think people understand how how powerful it is, right? I'm one of those people, I believe, you know, you can't be what you can't see. And just being able to see somebody that looks like you doing these things, it just kind of opens up your mind. It expands your imagination. And then also, I think it, it adds a bit of self-confidence as well. You know, when you can see a superhero that looks like you, that means something. So it's incredible what Marvel has done with that. And I love the inclusion and, and how they've they've done that across all the different franchises.
1: I love that. You can't be what you can't see. I'm keeping that, I'm stealing it.
0: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>.
1: um, <laughs> now, you know, you have a really cool story. You you started with the NBA, but now you founded Actively Black. What what was that story like for you? You know, how did that evolution come to be?
2: Yeah, I um, I mean, to even be doing what I'm doing now is almost unbelievable. I grew up a huge basketball fan and basketball player. I've been playing basketball since the age of five. And the NBA was my dream and I worked every day all of my life to make that dream uh, come true. I was blessed to have an elite level talent and ability, was one of the top ranked players in the country from really from sixth grade through high school. And so, you know, when I was, you know, in the seventh grade AAU Nationals, we're playing against, you know, LeBron James and, and these different guys who went on to become NBA superstars. But this is who I was playing against in my youth basketball, traveling across the country, playing against the best of the best. So the NBA wasn't really a far-fetched dream to me. You know, I was I was a ranked elite player. I played my college basketball at the University of Houston, and I suffered an injury there that kind of knocked me off of the NBA draft boards. I broke my foot, had three surgeries on it. Uh, In fact, the last surgery was to save half my foot from being amputated. Um, They saved my foot, but the doctors told me that I would never play basketball again. And so that was devastating, you know, to dedicate my life, my entire life to achieving this dream and then feeling like it was that next step for me and then having it completely taken away was really tough. But I I ignored the advice of the doctors. I started back training anyway. I I didn't want to give up on this dream. I end up signing in the NBA Development League, which is kind of the it's basically the minor league of the NBA right now. Um, And I was so grateful for that opportunity because it gave me a chance to still further my career. And halfway through that first season in the NBA Development League, I think it was a blessing from God. But miraculously, my body just I got back to being the player that I was prior to injury, had an incredible first year there. And after my first year there, the Sacramento Kings offered me a contract. So in 2009, I signed with the Sacramento Kings. And as you can imagine, just walking into the locker room for practice every day, seeing an NBA jersey with my name on the back was just so powerful to me. You know, Just a year before, the doctors told me I'd never play basketball again. And here I was in the NBA achieving my dream. You know, Unfortunately, 33 days after I signed my first NBA contract, one of the big seven footers, 250 pounds tripped and fell into my left knee, tore the articular cartilage in my left knee. I had two microfracture surgeries, and just like that, my career was over. With once again, just kind of devastated, you know, to fight back from the adversity, to make it to this dream that I fought for my entire life, and it seemed like just when I when I finally get there, it was taken away, and it was tough not knowing what to do next with my life. I went through identity crisis, you know, because I was I was a basketball player. Anybody who knew me. They knew Lanny Smith, the basketball player, and now here I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next with my life and so that was uh that was a tough, tough transition, but I think it led me to something that was my my purpose, and for that i'm I'm extremely thankful.
0: that was two thousand nine, you said
2: yeah, so that was two thousand nine i uh was just praying about what to do next with my life. I really didn't have a plan B, you know the, the nBA was was that was it for me, and through that experience. You know, my faith was something that was very important to me. I grew up, my mother made sure that my faith was something that I was centered in. And I leaned on that and I was just praying about what I should do next with my life. And I met several players throughout my basketball playing career who also kind of had this foundation of faith. And I had this idea of creating this sports apparel brand that was faith based. So the first brand that I actually launched, it's called Active Faith and launched that in 2011. With a couple of my business partners, Anthony Tolliver and Steph Curry, who they were busy still playing basketball, <laughs> and uh, you know I, I kind of took on you know building this brand, and the idea was to create this faith-based version of Nike. That was kind of the concept of Active Faith. Launched in 2011, it took off on us pretty fast. Uh, even to this day, we've got customers in 75 different countries who purchase from Active Faith, and it was just it was incredible. You know, fast forward 2018. The movie Black Panther comes out, right? And I had experienced some things, unfortunately, as a founder, as a a Black business owner, where unfortunately, you know, we just got to keep it real, man. There's there's uh, the unfortunate thing that still exists in this country, which, you know, hopefully we can eradicate um, the racism that still exists. I experienced several things that showed me I was not welcome in this business world as as a Black founder. From customers who didn't know who was the founder of Active Faith. And then when they found out it was this young black male, I literally had customers who contacted and asked for a refund. You know, we had people who were interested in investing in Active Faith and they didn't know who was behind the brand. And uh, we had these conversations back and forth and then we set up an in person meeting. And as soon as I stepped in the room, I could see it on their faces. They were surprised that it was this young black male, who was the founder and CEO of Active Faith, and all of a sudden the conversations changed. They didn't want to invest anymore. And that bothered me. And you know, I, I thought about, if I could create this brand that's having this positive impact on the faith-based community, can I do the same thing for the black community? That was kind of something that I started to think about even back then. And then, like I said, 2018, the movie Black Panther comes out, I'll never forget just the feeling I had walking out of the theater the first time watching that movie the cultural impact that Black Panther had was something that we've never seen before. And to see, as we talked about the representation, you had a mostly Black cast that was able to be in a movie that had a real budget behind it. You know what I mean? Um, That had real promotion. And to see the diaspora, you know, it wasn't just Black Americans. It was Africans, Jamaicans. It was Black people from all over the globe that really attached themselves to this movie because we got to see ourselves in a light that normally we don't get to see ourselves in. You know what I mean? And man, that that feeling was something that I I can't accurately describe, but I know what I felt. And that was really even the origin story of Actively Black. I knew then when I walked out of the theater that I was going to create this brand. I didn't know that it was going to be called Actively Black at the time, and I didn't know when I was going to do it, but I knew then I was going to create this brand to see if we could have the similar impact. I wanted the feeling that I had when I walked out of that movie, I wanted people to have that feeling when they wore this brand, when they interacted with this brand. And so, yeah, that's kind of even how the the seed was planted to begin with, with Actively Black.
0: Just listening to your story and your positivity and your endurance and your ability to push through and keep being successful is inspirational. It's great.
1: So incredible. And I think it really shines in in everything about the brand. What is your mission behind the brand? Because I know you guys do some really awesome stuff.
2: Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I felt like was a theme in Black Panther that I also kind of wanted to incorporate in the brand, right? So the tagline for Actively Black is there's greatness in our DNA. And the reason why that was so important to hammer home that messaging is unfortunately, some of the residual effects of oppression and racism and a lot of things that you know people of color have experienced not only in this country but around the world is it's not just the physical effects right there's the psychological effects that are the you know the residuals of these things so people begin to own the inferiority subconsciously they don't believe they can achieve certain things they don't believe they're as smart as they don't believe they're as great as they don't believe that there are levels of success or levels of achievement that they can experience. So part of the the reason for this brand was to deprogram that thinking and then reprogram our people and understanding that, hey, we're just as good as everybody else. There's, There's greatness in our DNA. And the representation of that that I saw on the screen is like when you think about like vibranium, right? And what that meant to Wakanda and the culture, it was like this greatness that they possessed that was intertwined in everything that they did, you know, all of their tech, you know, what they wore that gave them this power. And even though, you know, Wakanda is a fictional place, it gave us at least a a visual of what it would look like if we embraced this greatness that we had inside of us, you know what I mean? And the pride that all of the Wakandans had in knowing that, hey, we have this greatness inside of us that the rest of the world may not even know about, but we know we have it, you know what I mean? And and that's kind of the feeling, the intrinsic feeling that I wanted people to have when they interacted with this brand. And so, you know, we're not just building an apparel brand, right? We're trying to positively affect the fitness levels of people of color. You know, unfortunately, you know, we lead in diabetes, hypertension, high blood pressure. Some of these things that we can change with, we can be more active, we can change the way we eat, the emphasis on not just physical, but also our, our mental health. You know, a lot of people, you know, mental health is something that is being talked about a lot now, you know, seeking therapy and, and finding ways to take care of your mental health. But when you actually think about some of the generational traumas that have been passed down, right, whether it was the 300 years of slavery and then the Jim Crow that came after that and all the things that have followed, none of our previous generation had access to mental health nobody cared about their mental health. And, you know, nobody, you know, my parents, nobody suggested them to seek therapy. You know what I mean? And so when you think about how deep that is and how layered that is, that generations experience traumas that change them, that traumatize them, that subconsciously they may have passed on to their next generation, you know, whether it was through fear through pain, whatever the case may be. And so we are now a generation that has access to information. We have access to mental health services. It's now something that's being talked about. And so I wanted to be a brand that encouraged that for the Black community. We give back portions of our proceeds are going to organizations that are in the community and with their hands and feet, giving back to the Black community, whether it's for education, mental and physical fitness, HBCU athletics. I wanted to build a brand that that impacted people's lives. And it then similar to Active Faith was more than just another hoodie and more than just another shirt. You know, it actually meant something to somebody and, and the response to the brand has shown me that we're kind of on the right path. You know, seeing people wearing it and say, you know, I, I felt proud to be who I am, proud to be black, proud to recognize this greatness that's in that's in my DNA, that's kind of the same response that I saw people have when they walked out of the theater watching Black Panther for the first time. You know what I mean? And so that's what kind of brings me fulfillment in doing what what I do. And I'm so, so proud of that.
0: Yeah. I, I want to make sure any of our listeners know what HBCU means, Historically Black Colleges and Universities. Yeah, Can you just elaborate any more on on some of the great things you're doing in the community? Because all those things, if, if we have listeners who want to experience or learn or, or even contribute, yeah. like what ways they can connect with Actively Black in those ways.
2: Yeah, for sure. So I'll start with, we did an event last year at SoFi Stadium here in Los Angeles, which is where the Rams play and where they, they won the Super Bowl, right? We had a yoga and wellness event at SoFi Stadium. We had 700 Inglewood residents on the field where the Rams won the Super Bowl, doing yoga, meditation, learning some methods to deal with traumas, to deal with stress, to deal with, you know, some of these things that that they're encountering. And the powerful thing about that was not just some of the, the tactics that they were learning to deal with traumas and stress, but even just the access, right? Unfortunately, a lot of times, you know, the kids and the families from some of these inner city neighborhoods, they don't get access to some of these facilities, right? So to have this brand new stadium, like I said, where the Super Bowl was played, and these families were able to be there on the field, doing this, that level of exposure is something that is is healing in itself. You know what I mean? Just just to be able to be exposed. We donate to Compton Girls Club, which is an organization um, here in Compton that helps expose young girls to not only you know mental health services, them as well as uh, Black Girls Code and Black Boys Code. They help expose these kids to coding and to giving them access to computers and internet. A lot of people take for granted the things that we have access to. There are literally families and children in some of these inner city neighborhoods that don't even have high speed internet access. You know what I mean? And so to be able to give them exposure, to be able to work on a Mac computer or an iPad, just that alone helps open up a a child's mind to the, the possibilities and the things that they can accomplish. And that's something that i so very proud about. So Between the Lines is another organization. One of my friends, Lamont Torrey and, and Darren, they co-founded this organization called Between the Lines. We literally go inside of prisons and we hold basketball camps and play basketball with with some of the guys that are there. And one of the things that we learned through this experience is it humanizes some of these guys who just get thrown away as inmates and become a number and labeled a criminal, right? But once you get to talking to them and hearing their stories and you understand some of the environments that they came from and so much of the inequality of the lack of opportunity, the lack of education that they were exposed to, you know, it doesn't excuse some of the decisions that they made, right? But then it also puts into perspective some of the options that they felt like they had. You know what I mean? And I think when when people are humanized and you can see them from a different perspective, you're not as easy to throw them away and label them as a criminal, right? Somebody who's stealing because they're starving and they can't eat, you look at it a little differently, you know what I mean, than just somebody who's just being a thief and they're just running around trying to to steal something. So, I mean, all of these types of different organizations, we support through uh, the Proceeds that we receive from, from the purchases of our apparel. Um, and right now, that's, that's the best way to kind of support is the more we're able to sell through our apparel, the more we can give back to these different organizations that really have their hands and feet inside the community. And the thing that it keeps tying back to Black Panther is at the end of the first movie, you see T'Challa bring Shuri to Oakland. And he's like, hey, we're going to start this program where we're going to expose the youth to the technology that, that we know about, the education. I believe one of the final scenes, he bought the building that was right there outside the projects, and they were going to turn it into this high-tech learning center. So we're essentially, we're trying to build Wakanda in real life based on what we saw you know, on, on the screen. And man, I, I just, I get chills thinking about it. I mean, even that last scene, the little boy looks at T'Challa and he's like, who are you? And you could see in his eyes, the way he said it, you know, he had never seen somebody that looked like him in that position of of power and authority to be able to do these things, you know what I mean? And so, um, man, it's powerful to be able to take that inspiration from what, you know, we saw on the screen and to do this in real life, you know, is is something that, you know, I'm so excited about.
1: I just think everything you're doing is incredible. And, you know, all of those organizations are, phenomenal. And also, you know, shout out everyone in the world needs mental help because we all have to live a life. And I just think it's really cool that you're making it cool and accessible as well as all of your education and outreach is just really incredible. But to that point, to support these amazing organizations, we also got to talk about the cool stuff you're making so people can go buy it and support you so you can support them. And you have some really cool stuff from Marvel Studios, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Let's talk about it. What do you got? I want to hear all about it. I see you sporting a Wakanda sweatshirt already. That's super cute.
2: Thank you. Yeah, so the funny thing about how this all kind of comes full circle, right after the movie, I made some shirts. I actually was... In my mind creating a brand it was called citizens of wakanda right and there were these shirts that said citizen of wakanda raised in whatever city you were from so i'm from houston texas uh, and the shirt says citizen of wakanda raised in houston and the thought process behind that the meaning behind that was like i said we saw this greatness on the screen we saw this greatness in the movie to let people know that even though that was fictional we can change our minds to think that way in real life right and so that was kind of the concept behind it and so i laugh now when i think about it because obviously was doing something i didn't have you know marvel (laughs) licensing or anything for that (laughs) this was something that you know and 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 once i kind of realized that we didn't i didn't really take it anywhere do anything with it but i remember just scrolling back on instagram a few months ago and i found like my my first post of that shirt and i was like wow this is this is actually crazy that I was doing this back in 2018 after that movie came out, and now to have an official partnership with Marvel for Black Panther Wakanda Forever is, is something that's almost unreal. But you know the concept that I had, so when I launched Actively Black, we launched this Black Friday 2020, so November 27th of 2020 is when I actually launched Actively Black. I created a deck for a potential Actively Black, Black Panther collab. Shortly after launch, I contacted an incredible, incredible designer, Black designer by the name of Jordan Jackson, who is now coming on to work full-time for Actively Black. And I told him this concept that I had of Wakanda athletics, right? The thought process was if we lived in Wakanda or we went to Wakanda University, what kind of apparel would we be wearing? And we created this entire concept that has two different expressions. So one is more of the classic collegiate expression, kind of what I have on now. So I went to University of Houston. I have Houston athletics hoodies and shirts and things like that. And so that was kind of the concept behind this classic collection. And then the more modern collection is a more of a technical performance leaning type of collection. So I had this deck for over a year, over a year and a half. Didn't know who to get it to, was trying to send it to people. It went nowhere. And about four months ago, Damon John, famous from Shark Tank and and FUBU, reached out and said he loved Actively Black and he wanted to meet and sit down to talk about a FUBU and Actively Black collaboration, which was just mind blowing to me. I grew up wearing FUBU. It was the first kind of Black owned brand that had that same representation that that really inspired me. So to have the creator of that brand reach out and want to do a collaboration with with my brand was, was absolutely amazing. We sat down and had a meeting, and he asked, what else was I working on? I showed him this deck for the Black Panther Actively Black collaboration, and I said, I have no idea who to get this to, but this is something that was created. He picked up the phone in the middle of the meeting, and he called the head of licensing for Marvel and Disney, and he said, you guys need to look at this right now. And literally, I was on a Zoom call with the head of licensing for Marvel and Disney, two days later, and they saw what I was doing and they said, hey, we would love to put something together for you to be a part of this. And they they helped push this thing through. And here we are. So this whole thing is a full circle moment for me. But, you know, the quality is something that is something that was so very important to me in launching Actively Black. I didn't want anybody to feel like buying black owned meant that you had to sacrifice quality. So it feels and looks like your Nike, your Lululemon, anything else. It feels like that. You know, we we are using the best of the best when it comes to the quality and the design for these products. And so to have this opportunity to put that on display with Marvel Studios, with Wakanda Forever, knowing what that franchise means to the culture is a dream come true for me.
0: All the stuff is great. We love it. I'm excited about it. Other thing we're excited about, of course, is Marvel Studios, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever in theaters November 11th. What was your reaction the first time you saw a trailer? Or are you one of those people who's like, I don't want to see a trailer. I want to
2: go in cold. I watched the first trailer 50 times. (laughs) The chills that I got watching that trailer the first time, it was unbelievable. Some of the images really kind of, you know, almost made me emotional. You know, seeing Chadwick's face was something that, that really touched me. Also, just seeing the powerful imagery of... These black women in these powerful positions, I think, was something that was was super dope to me. It's something that, even with the first movie, I tip my hat to Marvel and how they allowed Ryan Coogler to have the freedom to tell these stories in a way that shows us in such a positive and powerful position and light. And you know, that first trailer, like I said, I, I watched it fifty times. I'm super excited. I was one of those people that went back and saw the movie multiple times, I literally was wearing my Black Panther mask to the theater. So I'm one of those fanatics that's obsessed with anything Black Panther.
1: Love it. Man, I can't wait for the movie. I'm sure that you are also um, ready to get those tickets going. (laughs) But where can people find the collection? Where can they purchase it? Where can they find you if they want to follow along with your amazing story?
2: Yeah, so activelyblack.com is the website. Actively Black is the Instagram. Uh, my personal Instagram is l.smith23. We're actually separating this into three different drops. So we've got a drop happening October 30th. We want people to be able to get some gear that they can actually wear to the movie. Nice. Our second drop will be the day after the movie releases. So movie drops 11-11. Our next drop will drop 11-12. And then our final drop will actually be on Black Friday. So November 25th, our last drop will happen then. Super excited about it. If you go to our Instagram, we actually have an option on our on our last post. You'll see kind of a preview post of uh, this announcement where you can click the link in our bio and be notified via text of the drops in the announcement. There's going to be a lot of excitement around this. And I can't speak to it just yet, but uh, we've got some surprises up our sleeve of some, um, some people that you will see in the gear that, that I think will be pretty cool. So super excited about this, this launch, super excited about the movie. Everything's coming soon. So definitely follow us on, on all of the platforms, Actively Black. And we can't wait to see everybody in the gear, posting about it, You know, wearing it to the movie. I, I think it's just going to be an incredible moment.
0: Love it. Amazing. Lanny, thank you so much.
2: Thank you guys for having me.
1: All right, go check out more merch from Actively Black at activelyblack.com. And, of course, go see Marvel Studios' Black Panther Wakanda Forever coming to theaters on November 11th. Tickets are available. Go get them.
0: Next week, we're doing a special Halloween episode mm. as we've been doing the last couple years reading some creepy cool stories from marvel's past plus we are going to have on gail garcia bernal from marvel studios werewolf by night so it's going to be a halloween spook spookstravaganza uh, oh, oh
1: i'm a werewolf by day
0: <laughs> and so, our question of the week is What Marvel character are you, your friends, or family dressing up as for this Halloween? Or if you're not, what's your wish for a Marvel Halloween costume?
1: You want to dress up as Sugar Man, and there's no other right answer.
0: God, if I could get a giant, like, toothy face, th- body, like, his whole body is his face. So, that would take a lot of doing to make happen, but I would I would die for that.
1: You have a weird thing for guys with big weird heads.
0: Hey, look, I got a type.
1: I mean, Sugar Man would be a very good costume. I think Mojo would also be just like, if you could pull off Mojo, that would be sick. And also, I really, like, I love any kind of Halloween costume, but I love- a scary halloween
0: costume mm-hmm.
1: i love it when people go for it when they go for the authenticity maybe i'd go a strong guy
0: strong guy would be so fun <laughs> just just all muscles all the time all
1: muscles and that little curlicue yeah. on his head
0: sinister would be a really great one i was thinking about that because oh, you could do some yeah. fun stuff with you'd have to have like an elevated cape and then it would like be in like strips going down your back and then you have the the little diamond on your head and You get to just be a total, complete jerk. Thigh-high boots. Everything about Sinister's costume is perfection.
1: Yeah, 10 out of 10.
0: Yeah. For us, the only Marvel costume this year is Catherine is and has been Ghost Spider. Elizabeth, my wife, made her a Ghost Spider costume that she wore to New York Comic-Con. She wore it to Boo at the Zoo at the Bronx Zoo. But also, Catherine just wants to be Snow White. And she's making Elizabeth be the evil queen. And I think I'm either the huntsman or the prince. I can't remember. I have dual roles when we play that game, but um, <laughs> that's our family costume.
1: I love that. That's the best. But of course, you can tweet us your answer using the hashtag This Week at Marvel. Email them to twinpodcast at marvel.com. Or you could send us a message on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Marvel. And of course, let us know if it's okay to read on the show like we're gonna do now.
0: Mm -hmm. Last week, we asked y'all for our question of the week, what was your favorite moment from the first Marvel Studios Black Panther movie? We got some great answers, including this one from alien superstar quid pro quo at quid pro quo underscore MWI, who said, my favorite moment, Wakanda, the people, the community, the country, the family, the celebration, the ancestors, the diversity. So much was covered and it only touched the surface. You felt full seeing and experiencing it. Well Love said. It.
1: The Friendly Skies at Jarel Zod says, Seeing the family dynamic between Shuri, T'Challa, Queen Ramonda, and General Okoye, it was an ice-breaking and loving moment when T'Challa arrived in Wakanda, bringing home Nakia, and Shuri asks, Did he freeze? Uh, <laughs> T'Challa was so embarrassed, never forget.
0: Mm-hmm. Christopher Boucher at Boucher C331 said, When T'Challa was getting his new suit from Shuri, always thought that was a fun moment.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm we've got at salma romanov who says the akoye and Wakabi scene where he asked if she would kill him Oof. and she answered for wakanda without a question Oof. i feel so cool watching her tell him that also when the jabari joined the battlefield they're so real for that mm. <laughs> mm. man so good
0: tyrell charles at theories by t tweeted so, so, so many. But one that stands out is T'Challa versus M'Baku on Warrior Falls. Ramonda's show him who you are gives me chills. I cannot do an Angela Bassett. I could just get a little bit louder. I cannot do anything <laughs> close to the glory that is Angela Bassett's Queen Ramonda. That's I-
1: None of us can. No. She's truly one of a kind. Mm-hmm. Also, that scene is so cool. Like the costumes in that scene, just that whole moment is so cool. Jaden L. at Gem Biscuit says, T'Challa versus M'Baku in Ritual Combat, then T'Challa being crowned king, as it was meant to be.
0: Ivan KS at underscore Vominsky tweeted, The final moments of Killmonger always give me emotions, where T'Challa takes him to the cliff to see the sunrise over Wakanda, like his father told him. And when he chooses to die instead of being in prison, it's such a powerful moment.
1: That kind of rocked my brain Mm -hmm. next up trishon jf at trishon underscore j who said the scene where t'challa confronts the previous black panthers about abandoning the rest of the world um those scenes are also just beautiful on the ancestral plane
0: yeah for sure Big Bad Rad Dad at Big Bad Rad Dad 11 tweets, T'Challa entering the ancestral plane and confronting his father about the actions that ultimately set Killmonger on his path. T'Challa's perception of his father being shattered, making King T'Chaka's words even more poignant. It's hard for a good man to be king. Mm
1: -hmm. Dr. Cassia MFA, PhD at Cassia L. says, well, the entire film was a marvel. Smirk emoji. (laughs) And when T'Challa meets his father in the afterlife, the depiction is beautiful. Secondly, the closing credits were particularly well done. Also, the music in that movie slaps. Oh,
0: my gosh. Yes. Mario Sanchez at It's-a-Me.
1: It's-a-Me, Mario. Oh, so
0: good, Mario. Uh, Mario Sanchez at It's-a-Me says, The moment at the end of the movie where T'Challa is asked who he is and he just smiles oh i just wanted to real quick we got a couple of messages i found them on facebook uh for those of you who are hitting us on facebook they're coming in in weird ways some of them come in as like messages some as chats and they don't always show up for us so we do see you we will find them so uh, i just want to make sure y'all know you can and should message us on facebook at facebook.com slash this week in marvel and if we get to them a little bit later we'll still get to them
1: Speaking of which, Christian sent us a message here, which said, absolutely a big fan of your guy's show. Fridays are always the days I can't wait for. I've been listening for about three months. It's just so awesome that I want to make my own podcast. And my favorite Marvel Studios Black Panther moment was when Shuri raised her hand after Zuri asked, who challenges the Prince T'Challa? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that part in the movie had me dying laughing. <laughs> that moment is so good and also really true to the comics
0: so good we got a couple of facebook messages from miles who miles uh thank you these came in september so they're a little bit old sorry we missed them but stay tuned for more details about the untitled game from marvel games and skydance new media more stuff to come we promise you're gonna see and hear and learn about that game in due time
1: This is a message from way back when uh, we asked what folks were excited about from D23 Expo. And here is what Carly said. I'm excited about Marvel Studios The Marvels and seeing Carol and Kamala together, plus surprise the leader or as Rocket calls him, ginormous Head in the Marvel Storybook Collection. Yes, very excited to see Samuel Stearns in the Marvel Cinematic Universe once again. They go on, I found it sweet, you got your daughter a devil dino stuffy, and that you're getting her into Marvel.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got a pair of emails in this week. The first one is from William Rose. Hello, William. Thank you always for writing in with your great, thoughtful emails. I'll give some snippets of your email. He says, I am so excited for all of the incredible comics just announced for 2023. Since hearing editor-in-chief C.B. Sabolski and writer Jerry Duggan's words on what the future lies ahead for the X-Men, I gotta realize that when after the destiny comes the fall, Moira and Orcus will definitely tear the House of X down. Also looking forward to the new Photon series, as well as Silver Surfer, Ghost Light, and as Jerry hinted in the X-Men Hellfire Gala special from this year, Bishop's War College, with a complete lineup of an all-black X-Men team. So my question for you hosts is, could pre-ordering comics digitally be possible for the Marvel Comics app someday? And he says, I look forward to whatever I could grab with Marvel Unlimited. Until then, stay safe. Look out for Spider-Man 2 on the ps5 because people need proof cheers and excelsior william to your question about pre-ordering comics digitally i'll pose that uh, i'll send that off to the folks who work on the marvel comics app as a request we shall see i make no promises about anything like that but you know there is on marvel unlimited as you mentioned there's like a sort of wish list feature and they're working on updates to that stuff as well so stay tuned
1: please all right we got another email here dear lorraine ryan and james hope you're doing well in answer to the question of the week, my favorite scene for Marvel Studios' Black Panther was the entire movie as I really loved the film, all the great acting by Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Letitia Wright, Angela Bassett, etc., the fantastic scenery that helped Wakanda leap out of the Black Panther comic books written by Christopher Priest, Reginald Hudland, John Ridley, etc., and onto the big screen. They all helped make the Black Panther into a special film, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing Marvel Studios' Black Panther Wakanda forever, as I'm sure it It will be amazing, too. Also, that was from our our pal Joe from the People's Republic of This Week in Marvel and the United States of Marvel's pull list, um, who also mentioned, you know, a while back he had mentioned he was reconnecting with his cousin, Ryan, and he sent this picture through of him and his cousin reconnecting the Jen Walters to his Bruce Banner. So nice. I'm glad you got to do that, Joe.
0: That is delightful. If you have good relationships or have had good relationships with your family, reach out say hi. It's always a nice thing. Mm -hmm. all right that is it for us this episode of this week of marvel was produced by zachary goldberg isabel robertson lorraine sink and ryan panagos
1: our senior manager of audio production and development is brad barton
0: and jill deboff is our director of audio
1: and special thanks to you guessed it do you have a sweet tooth because there's a sugar man in town the man with the mouth and more arms than an army it's sugar man get your sugar man today
0: see you later everybody i'm ryan (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Lorraine. This is Marvel. Your universe.
0: Sugar Man.